The views expressed in the podcast you are about to listen to are the opinions of the presenter and the cast. None of us are official representatives of the companies we work for, and we are in no way responsible for what we say. If you are offended or otherwise afflicted by these opinions, please push the unsubscribe button in iTunes and go do something else. Welcome to the first Animation Conversation podcast for February 14th, 2008. I am Alan Dahl and I will be guiding you through the shows to come in the future. You can probably hear that I'm not English, and uh, that is because I uh, live and work in Oslo, Norway, currently as a freelancer and as a character animator, but you will hear more about me later in the show. The content will likely evolve from show to show, but the idea here is to gather animators and people involved in the business to talk about animating, the animation business and everything related. Most of the people I will interview are going to be people in the Norwegian animation business, but I think uh, there is going to be something interesting for uh, people outside Norway too, as uh, the themes will be uh, in general universal. A few days ago I launched a brand new Animation Conversation website and you should definitely go over there and check out the show notes and uh, previous shows. There will of course not be any previous shows there but you should go there anyway and at least bookmark the page or subscribe to the RSS newsfeed. The URL for that is www.animationconversation.com you can also find this show on iTunes, so if that is your favorite way of listening or you want to take the show with you on your iPod or iPhone, you just head on over to the iTunes store and do a search for Animation Conversation. We will probably be all the way at the top on those search results and you can then click the subscribe button. That way you'll be sure that the next episode of Animation Conversation will automatically download to your machine when it arrives. We would love to hear from you guys and girls, so if you have questions for me or my cast of animators, you should drop us an email at feedback at animationconversation.com. The questions could be about whatever comes to your mind, and we will be happy to answer them as good as we can. You could also mention things you like or dislike about the podcast, so that we are able to improve on those issues. So, on to today's show. Today I have gathered... Four animators, including myself, to a roundtable discussion, and we are going to talk about working as animators in Norway and the state of uh, animation in gen- general. There will also be some animation-related website picks at the end of the show. If you would like to know what we look like, you can do that if you are watching this in iTunes or on an iPod, as I embedded a few pictures in the beginning of the conversation. So, with no further delays, here is the first Animation Conversation Roundtable podcast, recorded January 30th, 2008. So, I, I just want to kind of start off by introducing you guys, because... 
Nobody probably knows who you are. Hey, uh, <laughs> don't blame him. Uh, we're all animators, right? Yep. Yeah, we're kind of new at the game. Yeah. But we've read a couple of books and yeah. <laughs> we know what it's all about. Um, so I'll start off with you. I'm okay. supposed to introduce myself. Yeah. Okay. Seth David Bertels, half English. Uh, been animating since, no, sorry, been in the 3D game since 2003. Uh, one year of school in Norway. Uh, Done modeling, animating, UV, unwrapping, worked on Free Jimmy, uh, Norwegian animation film. Uh, Peter and the Wolf just got Oscar nominated. And, um, I'm sure we'll touch that. Yeah. Touch on that later. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Elias and the King Cruiser. I don't know what the English title is. Mm. Um, I did texturing and comping there, and now I'm on Kurt, which is the project that we're all working on. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Happily. Happily. <laughs> okay, uh, Morten? My name is uh, Morten Um I worked, uh, I've taken uh, the long way around to start working with animation. I have an engineering degree from Jurvik, and then I worked for a year and realized that I didn't know much about animation. I studied three years in Volda and worked two years at Funcom, just animating uh, the games company. And uh, this is my first stint at a feature film. I've done some pilot episodes and minor short film projects, but this is like the first actually hands-on experience with, uh, with a feature film. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my background. Yep, and uh, I'm Mackay Watt, uh, fully English, now living in uh, Norway. Uh, I was working at Passion Pictures in London, did some of the Gorillaz videos and things before moving over to Norway. And, uh, what videos? Uh, Gorillaz, the, the latest. The group? The group. Cool. Yeah, and... Uh, oh, mm. the Gorillaz. Yeah. Uh, I just like the Gorillaz. <laughs> I thought not, you not, said like the Critters or something like that. Yeah, not just the Gorilla videos, but... Gorillas band yeah. type stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been working at Kaviston for over two years now. Did uh, storyboards on Kurt. And you're the only classically trained animator. I think right? so, yeah. The only one still making a living from a bit of drawing here and there. So. Yeah, I'm not even trained as an animator. I'm just <laughs> kind of thrown in the game. Yeah, you do what you have to do yeah. in this business, especially mm. in a in Norway, I guess, or any other small country. Country, yeah. Uh, my name is uh, Alan Saxel. I have been working as an animator since since we started on Kurt, basically. And uh, before that, I was I was doing a lot of uh, graphics design. I did a lot of uh, books and like websites. Had my own company um, with another guy, and we did a lot of stuff like that. And then I took, I went one year to study at the the first school, and then I got lucky, and I applied for this this job. And how'd you how'd you find out about the project? Oh, uh, 
Yeah, I knew Sietel, uh, who's just like the technical director on the project, and he uh, and he, he was a he was a teacher at the school where I went. No. <laughs> it's just interesting, you know, because a lot of these jobs, you know, you don't read about in the newspaper or go on a website. And no, it's really hard, and it's, and it's like you don't know who to call, and mm. I think you have to have someone on the, on the inside. Absolutely. I, I yeah. applied to Kristen four times before oh, really? uh, I got to do Kurt. Wow. And that was through contacts uh, on Elias, no? Uh, no, not at Elias, but at uh, Free Jimmy. Okay. On your Celia, which is a... Yeah. But where did you work before? Um, straight out of school, I went into um, product design at uh, oh. one of Norway's most known product design companies in Norway. Mm. Uh, yeah. What school did you go to? Uh, Idefog School, ah, same okay. as that. Where I visual visualized the concept of the designers so that they mm. could show them to customers and whatnot. And after a year of that, I figured, no, this isn't my kind of thing. So I applied at Storm Studio, which were in the midst of making Free Jimmy. And yeah, I think it was six months on Free Jimmy. I don't know if everyone listening has actually heard about Jimmy. If you, I guess if you're an animation buff, you would have heard it. Jimmy's a druggy, a druggy elephant that escapes from a circus. Uh, with the Lapish Mafia and some stoners after him. Uh, it's a brilliant film and should definitely be viewed by everyone. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's different. Yeah, it is. I've only seen it with the, the English voicing, voice acting. Oh, yeah. I thought it was, uh, it was yeah. amazing. Is it good? The voice talent is super. Simon Pegg. Probably one of the better things about the film, I think, is actually the voice acting. Well, I heard the, the English version was better, or at least everyone's saying it's, it is. It's actually lip synced to the English version. Yeah, mm. I lip synced. Mm. Woohoo! Didn't you? Yeah, I excited. So, did they lip sync it to the Norwegian? No, parts. they didn't. Okay. Well, we did it to yeah, because I noticed that uh, when I saw the original and when it first came out in, in the Norwegian version, the, the the lip sync was really often, you know, and that kind of takes you away from the from the acting. Mm. But I just think there's some, some some really funny moments in that film. It's, oh yeah, uh, yeah, hilarious situations. Right, it was Norway's most expensive movie. Hundred hundred million crowners for. Uh, for the film, which is like a low budget uh, American, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it took a little while to make, yeah, it took six yeah. years. Six they years, had, there we go. They had like two years' pause in the middle because they were lacking funds, and yeah, so taking out that would have been four years, four years, if you excuse yeah. And I think the first budget was uh, 40 million, and then they upped it to 60, and then they upped it to 100. And then there was no more money. Um, but <laughs> just asking you guys, if uh, what made you want to do animation? Because is it like you all, uh, you were all like watching Donald Kong cartoons on the telly when you were children and really wanted to do animation, or I is mean, that like the standard story you hear from every all of us? I think so. I mean, what I, what I find quite interesting is that. When I was a kid, I did a lot of drawings, as everybody does, and you influenced by all these comic books and things. And back in England, we had a lot of, I think, by other countries' standards, some quite strange comics. Church Red is English? Or? I think that might be, yeah. yeah. That is actually. But we had ones called the Beano and Dandy, which were very much for oh, really? children. Yeah. 
Oh, very strange. Never heard of it. <laughs> no, that's the, nobody hears them outside of the British Isles, I don't think. But uh, so they were a big influence, and I was just drawing, drawing, drawing. And then a natural progression was to go into animation, I think, just to move, see, yeah. see your work moving. In the, so I wonder how you guys, being computer animators, kind of <laughs> maybe without so much of the drawing background and influence, ended up getting. Yeah, into... I always watched uh, Toy Story when I was a kid. Mm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's always been the money. It's always yeah, been I, know, I know where the money is. And, and the girls. The women, yeah. Because I'm, I'm actually from a computer background, mm. kind of. I was like the nerd at the school, and I always, I did stuff on the on the Commodore 64 and the Amiga, and made demos and music and you know, all that stuff. Uh, so I, I like cartoons, but I haven't been like studying them when I was a kid in that sense, or I haven't. I wasn't like majorly into the medium that way. No, I, I was uh, always drawing. I, I got like very good grades at drawing when I was in school. And just coincidentally, I, I found out about Maya and 3D. And wait, this is cool. And I kind of look at myself as an artsy fartsy kind of guy. So. My grandfather uh, was a painter, and a guy called um, Harald Dahl. You might have heard of him if you're into like classical art. The famous Harald Dahl? Yeah. But I was into the computers, but at the same time, I, I kind of wanted to do something artistic because it was like in my blood, you could, you could kind of feel like that, and you have all this inspiring uh, paintings hanging around the house, and you know. For me, it's always been the mix because I grew up mm. on comic books. Because my 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 grandfather, <laughs> he uh, ran like a a newsstand, mm. so he always used to send me every month when I was a kid like a bunch of comics. I always got animal uh, in the mail, and then I started doing copying them and doing my own stuff. And I've always been into drawing. And then uh, I was lucky because we got a computer uh, at home at an early age, so I was so I was kind of into both of those types. And then. Uh, you know, there's always been movies like Star Wars and then Jurassic Park came along and then Toy Story and then you kind of realize that you could do that to a certain degree on your own home computer with 3ds Max and, and Maya and uh, you start started doing, you know, you're flying logos and yeah, spaceships okay. and all that cheesy stuff and sure. But then you realize you kind of stray away from, from the actual, the artistic bit, you're more into maybe the... Um, know the fancy lighting or the, mm. the fancy effects or what can you all the stuff that you can do with the, the software package and and uh, that's kind of where I think I went wrong with the on my first try because I ended up at an engineering school and yeah. um, you didn't really learn all that much about animation it was more about the techniques and stuff yeah and realizing that after working for a year then you kind of because I was kind of working as an animator but I didn't really feel like one I was feeling more like a fraud <laughs> like it's more something on your um, on your business card than um, than what you're actually doing, yeah. and then being able to go to school for for three years and actually learning more on the the animation basics and stuff that is that's kind of been an eye op eye opener for yeah for me. So. Yeah, I went into the the whole animation thing pretty late, I guess, because I'm I'm 29. And yeah, it's the same with me. I'm past yeah, thirty. It's scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of thinking that when you're when you're like sixteen, seventeen years old, you 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 are so 
you learn so fast and there's so many exciting things on the computer to mm. you know to discover and you and you learn one program and you just throw it away and you learn the next program and you know so and 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 after a while um i guess this is different from person to person but uh, once you're kind of tired of just learning software, you get into the whole thing of learning to use it for something. I also think some of the things, at least here in Norway, the, the thing is that uh, when I was trying to figure out what to do, there wasn't like an, I, there was an animation school, but it wasn't, um, not a lot of people had heard about it. And uh, I wasn't really doing anything with computers. It was more the artsy, artsy animation stuff. <laughs> Uh, you know, cut out stuff and and, uh, yeah. and hand drawn stuff. Um, and it wasn't until later that I actually heard about. I mean, you either had to go abroad to study, or um, uh, or it wasn't until later that they actually got some some computer animation in mm. in the school. And that's another thing I also find pretty interesting about working uh, on this uh, project. It's the backgrounds. The, everyone's got such different backgrounds. Mm. Mm. I mean, um, like you've been working with design, you've been, um, uh, you know, working and studying in England and uh, just kind of hear everyone's story to how they end up working in the animation business because everyone has some kind of, at least here in Norway, it seems like everyone's kind of done like a, a detour or uh, they've gotten <laughs> experience from, from yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good thing because it brings a lot more to the project. Yeah, it does. I think, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so exciting to to work at this place, and I guess all animation studios because it's like you work with so many talented people, and everyone knows something that do you don't know. It's like you you start talking to someone in the halls or at the, the when we're eating, you know. Yeah. We have a we have a lunch together down, downstairs, and um, there's always something new to learn from someone. And just stuff, just like. Boils. <laughs> There's uh, so many intelligent people and smart people. Like not smart, but like artistically smart. And maybe not smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true because like I learned a lot at school. Yeah. Uh, of course, but I feel I've learned even more just by being oh, yeah. around yeah. people that know a lot. And I've had the privilege to work with like Yu Yugens, which is a brilliant. Technical, technical dude, Shetel yeah. Kulander, uh, which is, I'd say, is one of Norway's most uh, brilliant, versatile. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's just Shetel uh, is the kind of guy that, if if he wants to do something, he just spends a month or two, and he's like the best guy at that thing. Yeah, you know? and that's not really... me. That's another Shetel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely not you. Definitely yeah. not me. <laughs> I'm still learning. Yeah, no advice. Yeah, but I think definitely you you learn way more actually on working on a project, just because uh, the whole. Um, I mean, when you're at school, you usually you usually have a a lot of time to do projects, and um, when you're actually working, it's it's more you having to reach a deadline, you having to uh, prioritize your shots so you get the most out of it. Because a lot of the time, you don't really have you're not afforded the luxury of having to spend as much time as you you might have wanted and. And then it's it's good to to talk to people and ask them um, uh, how how they go about doing a shot. Um, and people have different strengths, and you kind of learn that throughout a project. And then if you're having problems with something, something, then you, you go ask the the guy who knows how to do this really well, or um, yeah. who's had been in a similar situation beforehand. 
Yeah. So I think in that way, you being in a work environment is definitely. I mean, you you learn. You really do learn a lot yeah. if you mm-hmm. want. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting to go from computer to computer. You can you can really see that like this guy has the best poses and this guy is really good on the, and facial animation and then you have uh, the third uh, whatever strength. Strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone uh, works in totally different ways too. Yeah. Now I was going to ask you about. Um, the whole um, your background. If there was like a movie or something that defined a moment where you wanted to, or you like animation is kind of something I would probably want to do. To me, it was. Yeah, I've always been fascinated by the old Disney. Um, sure. Disney cartoons, but to me, it was kind of Jurassic Park that blew me away. That's one of those. Mm. It's there's two times or yeah, two times maybe I think when going to the cinema, I've kind of been blown away by. What I've actually seen, and that was um, Jurassic Park, definitely made a huge impression because nothing's cooler than real life dinosaurs. Yeah. And the second one was The Matrix, but for different reasons. But to me, it was kind of knowing that you could actually make a dinosaur on your computer. That kind of was the uh, what's the word for it? Uh, uplifting. Yeah, it kind of got me going on making me want to work with uh, with animation. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I have like a special moment that I really wanted to. Like, this is something I have to do. I just thought that uh, what I'm doing now is not like, this isn't demanding enough for me. It's just, this is getting too easy. I want to do something more. I don't want to stay in the same place the rest mm. of my life. You know? So I'm probably going to leave animation in a couple of years. And go for <laughs> Surfing. Be a doctor or something. Yeah. <laughs> and a natural, <laughs> natural progression. Yeah. yeah. Or, Maybe direct a movie, I don't know. Something like that, you know? You want to learn new stuff all the time. That's, that's, that's what's fun about yeah. it. I don't think I have a defining point in my uh, history, but there's always, you know, small things like Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. That oh, was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, have you ever, uh, like, when PlayStation 1 came, they had this demo disc there was this dinosaur that was running we're back on dinosaurs <laughs> uh, that was running and you could you could with the sticks on the playstation rotate around this running dinosaur and you could make it roar yeah. I remember that very good that was that made an impression yeah I remember there was a, a demo for this Max I can't remember which which version I think it was the one that introduced character studio uh, and just seeing what you could actually do on a, on, a, on a decent home computer, that was, uh, for me, that was almost too good to be true. It was, uh, I mean, it was at that level where there kind of wasn't any limitations anymore to what you could, I mean, of course there is, but um, within reason, I mean, you could more or less do anything you wanted. And that's what I think is the appealing thing about animation, there's no restrictions. Mm. I mean, with live action, there's still, I mean, you can do a lot with visual effects, but then you're on the boundary of what is animation, what is, mm. uh, yeah. was a real life or acted movie. and. Um, Yes, I think that's the main appeal for me with animation is there's no limits. Yeah. But it was, it was also this thing about uh, waiting for the technology to kind of catch up with mm. what, what you wanted to achieve. Yeah. And the hardware. And, and the hardware. Yeah. And because uh, I remember being back in the, being a kid in the 80s and uh, being around a friend's house and sitting drawing whatever and then... Uh, the dad would say, hey, yeah, you like drawing? Why don't you check out this uh, computer program? 
Oh really? No, I can't remember what program it was. Yeah, it was, it was probably that one. It's just, Christ, this is boring. I mean, this is, it's got, <laughs> it's got none of it to yeah, it, really. none of the appeal. But now I can see that, you know, things are progressing and have caught up and you can kind of... That's really strange. Because I, I would think that like, if you were a kid, that would be something that you would be totally amazed by. Like something like I, I you no one had drawing tablets at that time. So yeah. you were sitting there drawing with your mouse or doing yeah. pixel yeah. on pixel. It yeah. just took forever. Like, <laughs> just sitting down and drawing by hand. It's so much more fun yeah. and, and intuitive. It's um, yeah, sure. I, I think this actually now is a pretty exciting time because the prices yeah. are falling on hardware and you can more or less do with uh, limited you budget. You can do pretty mm. much. Yeah, uh, you can do. And there's an integration more and more between you know the old. Ways of working in the, yeah. the new technologies yeah. and things. And with and, Cintiq tablets yeah. falling yeah. and stuff, I mean, you can you can draw now. I don't know how much they cost, like fifteen thousand kroners or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That, yeah sorry. But but uh, what you say about uh, limitations? That's kind of, that's kind of another discussion, I guess. We could run a separate show for that. But uh, I still think that computer animation is so limiting. I'm, I'm so irritated all the time that I'm limited by all these technical things that just... Well, what do you mean by limits? Like what you can do with the character rig or... Oh, yeah, most, most, or... mostly character rigging, uh, the rigs. The, that's, that's the main problem. Because I, I want to do stuff like they did in the, the old uh, shorts, you know? With the, where you can like turn your hand into a boxing glove just oh, by yeah. drawing a new... It's just a new drawing, you know? Yeah. We can't do stuff like that. That would add another 40,000 kroner to our budget just to do that one little morph, you know? So we can't be um, uh, so creative in the, way, in the way we do the shapes. It's really hard to do the shapes. They tried to do some stuff on, the, on the, um, that movie... Uh, Open season. Open season, yeah. Oh, yeah. They made like rigs where oh, you can like stretch, <laughs> stretch the silhouettes, and do like uh, f- uh, you could you could mold the body kind of when you when you got the the angle you want you you wanted to animate from, you could like go in after you animated the thing and just mold the silhouettes just to make more exciting silhouettes. And that's that's something you can do in 2D really easy. But in in open season, they they tried to do that, and it's it was just so much pain to do it. And but I, they but had it sounds like, more like a, an economical uh, limitation than a. But it's the same thing with drawing animation. If, yeah. I mean, if you need like huge crowd shots, and hmm. uh, I can't think of anything right now at the top of my head. But there's I mean, with every medium, there's limitations. But sure. Uh, but I just feel that with animation, you're less restricted than what you are with, with any other creative medium that's out there. But, but you can do it as long as you have the money. And time. And time. But yeah, uh, if you don't have the money, you would never be able to do any of those then, shorts in 3D that they did at that time. They, it would be just, just, just impossibly expensive to do. Like one of those uh, goofy cartoons. How mm. would you do that today in, in 3D? It wouldn't be possible. Well, I think those, those limitations can be a good thing, in a way. Because that kind of... Sure forces a design into the animation. Yeah. If you're able to do everything, well, you've got complete uh, flexibility. And I haven't been animating uh, on paper, you know, classical mm. animation, so I, I don't really know the limitations there. I could read about it, but it's, it's not going to... I guess I need to do it to know what the limitations are. 
you have to stay on character all the time and just stuff like that. It's really hard for you. Because mm. for us, that's really easy. Because it's yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, zero and stuff like that. I guess is really hard to do in classical yeah. animation. But I mean, that's it's like you have to be really good. <laughs> yeah, but it's again, it's I mean, you can be as good as you want, but things take time, and it's it's all down to how much time you have and and. Uh, but as Nikolai said, I mean, it's all about what you want to tell and what, uh, you know, the, the time limit and the budget you have. And, and if, if you want the character to transform into a, um, like a hammer or whatever, then you might consider doing it as a traditional animated short than 3D. Uh, or yeah. if that shot is really important, then you design your, your 3D character so that it will be, uh, be able to, to turn into whatever you want or, or need. So it's all yeah. about... Um, you know, budget and time limits. And so, and, and that kind of proves that there is room for the classically animated movie. There, there will be more movies like that because it's, we're just into this yeah. thing where 3D is the new thing and it's I think it's going to be like, they're going to live next to each Absolutely. other. Like, exactly yeah. like uh, traditionally 3D animation is living, has been living uh, in, in the same time as, as uh, 2D. Yeah. I just think a lot of people have thought you can do it on a computer, that means you don't have to spend as much brain power on, on doing stuff. You can have a computer do uh, a lot of the job and and uh, I mean you can do you can do shows really cheap in computer uh, within the computer, but it's gotta look and feel different than, than okay. hand drawn animation and, and both of them have uh, their different appeals and, and, and strengths and I think it's silly that saying that two D animation is dead just because uh, yeah. you think you can do the same on a, on a, on a PC, but I mean, uh, like you say, I think it's it's uh, it's a different medium, and, and they'll do fine on, on their on, yeah. each, on their on their own. Yeah. Um, like Wallace and Gromit is doing great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, claymation or whatever uh, stop motion. Sure, I mean, yeah. it's it's got a different texture, different yeah. feel, and and again, it's I mean, you can do uh, amazing stuff with with stop motion. Some of my favorite films are stop motion. Mm. Uh, as as some are three D and some are, are drawn. So, I mean, it's all up to the the design and, and um, yeah, they, they've got their, their own idea. Okay. So who decides what the new trends will be? Is that like Pixar? Is Greenhouse? Uh, Katzenberg? <laughs> is is Disney leading the Disney Pixar? To, yeah, are are, are it, they the leading force or? I, I think, I think the audiences are still going to be what dictates the. Uh, if you can get enough, if enough people are going to go and watch a two D animated feature, yeah, then I, I think that can. Yeah, I don't think the problem was that there were two D animated films. It was just that they were bad, bad films, <laughs> and then Pixar were doing good films in a three D medium. Yeah, um, I don't think it's uh, it's hand drawn. That was that would. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I don't think uh, Pixar would have happened without uh, really yeah. good scripts and like yeah. people. Those people were yeah. such good animators and directors. I, I remember reading somewhere on, on some blog they were talking about when when they were doing traditional animated features. Um, there's a lot of uh, copying going on. Like uh, Lion King was a success, and then. You are, it kind of dictates the style of the other feature animated film being made at the time and mm. you see Pixar having success and, and that there's a lot of studios copying I mean you do get a lot of the, the there's so many jokes crammed into every minute of every film or every in the films and everyone's kind of following on along that and then the, 
because that's making money like with Shrek I mean it's just like the the recent ones it's just gag upon gag yeah. upon gag that, yeah. that no seems to be what's happening with the 3D stuff a little yeah. bit looking back to last year everything was imitating yeah, the latest the, success yeah. and you had these but uh, what movie will be re remembered in, in like 30 years which ones will be the classics Toy Story definitely just because uh, it was the first and it kind of defined the, yeah. the style I think and Shrek one. yeah the first Shrek uh, Ratatouille pretty much any incredible. Pixar but will Pixar people understand the jokes in Shrek, in Shrek it's so like pop culture that's true everything is just based on that no the, the, the first the first Shrek that was all uh, but it's not that fairy tales, fairy tales yeah. honestly mm. yeah, it's like part Shrek. fairy tale and part like contemporary oh. joke yeah. it's really a mixed thing and it's getting worse of course the third one is probably yeah. the worst but they haven't seen it but. they've got a good franchise that's why they're doing I mean they make money I mean if yeah. I was a, a businessman and I, I mean because I never I haven't seen Shrek 3 but Shrek 3 but I heard it's supposed to be really bad it's horrible but if don't if I was a businessman and I was making shitloads of money on, on Shrek 3, then I would say, you know, we're going to make a fourth one. Shrek 3 made more money than Shrek 1 and 2 on the opening nights. And I think it's it actually made more than Ratatouille too. I wouldn't surprise you. <laughs> That's because it's a well-known, well-established character. With quality, I mean, quality in itself is no guarantee. I mean, you've got the Iron Giant, which is a proof of that. I mean, mm. yeah. you need, yeah. like... Uh, with, with the budgeting you need now to, mark, to, to market movies, it's... You kind of... I understand the business guys really well. Why they they they, they want their money back? So yeah, yeah. And you go with your merchandising. Yeah, ties merchandising. And Don't they care? Don't they care about the medium? I, I guess. Yeah. I guess it depends on who you're talking to, but you know, who who, who decide? Do you have to con convince like one guy or one group of guys? I think that's a problem. They have to probably uh, convince a whole bunch of business guys to make a movie because it it costs so much. Yeah, but, and the marketing is the whole thing. Like, yeah. Surf's Up was probably the best movie of last year, most people say. It's I haven't seen it, actually. What about Ratatouille? Yeah, it was a good movie in like for, <laughs> for like animators, I guess. But uh, I most thought, of the, I, thought, I mean... My, my, as an example, I, I had a discussion at this... Uh, this uh, I was at a party, you know, and we were talking animation and stuff like that. And I was kind of talking... Uh, out of like my um, from my background of movies like um, I think Incredible is probably uh, one of the best movies uh, 3D movies that has been made yeah good and uh, <laughs> Finding okay. Nemo too really good movie it's like from a storytelling view yeah. and from an animation point it's it, those movies are so excellently made you know and those guys are visionaries in some ways uh, uh, but the guys that were at, uh, in the room, they were like, uh, no, those, those are both boring movies. We like Trek, you know? So are the, 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 the movies we like, are the, those the same movies as uh, the general public pick or? <laughs> I'd like to think so, but I, uh, if yeah, I, I, I don't thought. think so. I mean, cause I mean, you're biased by being animated. There's certain things you're going to look for anyone, yeah. no matter what you say. And, uh, I'm from I can only speak from uh, for myself, but I'm, I know there's there's definitely movies, uh, popular movies that I like, but there's also more um, artistic movies that I that I like just because of the, the craft of it. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I can't convince my my sister to uh, to like this kind of movie just because it's animated really well. Or I mean, she can tell, but 
that's the animation itself isn't enough to kind of for a normal person I don't think is enough just to go see um for that reason alone yeah but should should we decide or should the money the man with the money bag decide what's because he knows what the public wants if the public think, obviously wants but, we Shrek, you know? but if if Shrek 3 got 10 people at the cinema then suddenly they're going to rethink their yeah. business model Sure. And they're going to have but to find it. As long as they keep pushing money into Shrek. But if we look at uh, if we look at the Oscar nomina- uh, Oscar nominations for best feature this this year, we got Rats Two, and we got Surf's Up, yeah. and then we got uh, Persepolis, which yeah. is a two D animation made in France about an Iranian woman. Yeah. yeah. And suddenly, you know, you see that people are wanting to watch other things. Oh, yeah. And the Oscar or the award ceremonies are recognizing other things. Yeah. So I think that, to a large extent, yeah, suddenly forces the. Do you think the... Persepolis uh, is gonna make a hit in the states? It's it has been to the it, it was just released in the states I guess, right. before, just before Christmas, but I, I don't think it's 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 nowhere near to the other movies like in 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 uh, in terms of making money. But how, how do you get nominated for an Oscar? Is it's, there like it's a like screen that on American cinema, and then it's then you can then you can get nominated. Yeah, but you uh, have to go through a series it, of festivals. Now you have to get into some festivals enough, to... You just had to have it screened on uh, American cinema. Okay. And that was do the people yeah. decide? Do they vote in any way? No, or there's a committee that makes those yeah. 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 But there is this academy. This group of people who are sitting yeah. there, they're yeah. the same group of yeah. Yeah. generations of, I don't know exactly, but that's what I imagine. They play golf together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I like this movie. Let's nominate it. <laughs> I mean, in that respect, I'm glad I'm European because it's uh, just the diversity in, in films that get shown here. But I'm, I'm, I just think that that says something, you know, it shows that there, there is another audience out there, which, you know, might not make, make it billion dollars but there is definitely another audience out there and uh, people will take note of that but I think a lot of the, the problem with the, the animation is that it's, it's, it's looked upon as a kids medium and if you're a father of three kids you're going to go see Shrek 3 and not um, a more credible movie about I don't know what it would be but I yeah. think that's Persepolis is definitely not a kids movie is it? but you might take your wife to go and see that one instead maybe yeah. or you might get some well, maybe take your older kids on the, uh, as a trailer for Shrek 3 yeah. on Shrek 3 then I'd go see it 3 Jimmy pops back again because yeah. that's not a kids movie I mean there's 17 seconds of raw sex in that movie I'm sure kids would laugh at it but uh, yeah probably but they wouldn't know what it is they wouldn't get into the no. cinema but that, was that was that like a thing with uh, Free Jimmy that they, they had to put like a warning wasn't there like a warning on it that it wasn't a kids film uh, yeah yeah was it was yeah, it? it says it's an adult film. Okay, and I guess that's why they, they marketed with the, the, the sex yeah. thing on the posters and... Yeah, that was for the DVD, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, sex sales, I guess. Yeah, yeah. sex It wasn't marketed as that at all. And, and people had actually... Most people have seen the shorts on TV. Yeah. What shorts? What for? Two to the Ah, okay, yeah. 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 How does that translate? Uh, two... Wanky blokes. Two wanky blokes. Yeah. I, never, I never could see a whole episode of that show. It was just too it was uh, awful. It was first off the the voice the voice acting. It was so intense, but then you had all these these colors like flimmering and and the <laughs> the, the characters yeah. were. I mean, they just made my my headache. It was, yeah, I, I haven't seen it myself, but it was, yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun just because it was there was so early. 
doing this stuff. There was like no one else doing yeah. 3D shorts in Norway. And just to say, this is from uh, Christopher Nilsson and from his comic books. Yeah, which yeah. are great, yeah. based yeah. on his works. Yeah. And he wrote the manuscript yeah. with Woody Harrelson and Simon Pegg. For the English, but that was for the version. voice acting, yeah. right? Like the English. No, version. but the, the he uh, wrote the. So they've got manuscript. post credits in the script. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. Uh, at least Simon Pegg, or was it only Woody Harrelson? Wasn't it? I can't remember now. Because it, it was one of Woody Harrelson's doing one of the voices in the English one, right? Yeah. And so Simon Pegg and Simon Pegg. But just for the sense of context, this was like a very underground comic. Yeah, yeah. It definitely. was a bit like uh, Norway's Robert Crumb or something. So to probably, yeah, yeah, put money into a project which is so kind of it's amazing that uh, they got fun. I think it's it's so good. It's uh, it's a healthy sign for the the Norwegian film industry that they actually get money to make a movie like that because yeah, you you've never seen a three D movie like that. No. Yeah. So how is Kurt gonna uh, Kurt? Is Kurt Turnsey? Well, how is that gonna bring the lazy on to the next? Ask uh, him. It's going to bring him in. <laughs> Quite it's going to be the perfect mix of, of good story, good animation, and uh, good entertainment. Yeah, good it's design, the whole package. funny jokes. Yeah. yeah. But Kurt isn't the new uh, Jimmy. For Jimmy, it's no, more no, like definitely. the new Floki Bar. It's a family or... movie. Yeah. But, but, well, I don't. but there is... There's, there's, there's for both grown-ups and kids. Yeah, but they have swearing yeah. in it. It's like half Slip Jimmy and half Elias. That's why I see it, and they kind of moulded it together, and now you've got... Yeah. Kurt. So what about the, the, the boat uh, thing? Elias. 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 Which is like a Norwegian short series for kids that are, is tremendously popular. Yeah, they were nominated for an Emmy. I guess. Yeah, but the kid, the, 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 the movie, yeah. there was a movie. Well, how did that go in the, in the cinema? Uh, brilliant. They did sold, it? Yeah, they sold, they're very big in Japan. Of course. And uh, Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark. Yeah, it did. I never got around to see that film. No, uh, I haven't seen the show It is the kids. I mean, it is from two to five years old. Yeah. That would explain the age group. Should fit me. So that's, a, that's another thing, because you got Kurt kind of fitting in that gap there between two to five year olds and yeah, 30 or 40 year old drug users again and then you got the, the middle <laughs> ground there but I, yeah, just to say Elias was the second biggest grossing uh, Norwegian film of last year was yeah. it? Yeah. So, what wow. was the first one? do you know? Oh, I'm not sure just was it like a big gap between the first and the second one or were they like <laughs> fighting for uh... I'm not sure I think it was quite close up there we're big on animation movies compared to like Sweden and Denmark and Finland yeah I mean, Absolutely. we've got Frokripa uh, Grand Prix, which has a different English name. Yeah, but that's okay. like... That was from the 60s, isn't it? Pre Jimmy Elias, now Kurt. as well, that was made here, I think. Yeah, that was a 2D thing. Yeah. yeah. Still counts. Still counts. <laughs> uh, you, you always got to look at it relatively as well, because when you got a, you got three uh, animated features coming out of Norway now once Kurt's finished. Really? Well, you got Elias, oh, yeah, Sidney, sorry, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Kurt yeah. oh, in yeah. total, and you got it for a population of four and a half million. So yeah. I don't know how many Britons produced, but maybe you had the yeah, Wallace and Gromit. You had a couple Valiant, of three Valiant. Valiant. I mean, there's like maybe four or five. Yeah. Yeah. So looking at it, compared to the population, it's uh, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So how is this thing gonna gonna roll on if if there are no other movies in production now that we know of? 
I don't know anything that's like there is an there is a Norwegian Danish thing going on that that's isn't right, cooked. Yeah. Uh, so the last thingy I can't remember what it's called. They made in Sweden, now, no? Oh, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I Swedish remember Swedish. seeing the chair. If it's the same one, it's Astrid Silverlax. Okay. I don't if that's the name of it, I just remember seeing a trailer. Astrid. Astrid Silverlax. Oh. I think that's the name. It's it's a Viking thing. Oh yeah 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 that's right. I remember no, seeing no, it. No, but the the, the political just, thing. They were applying for animators like a year ago. Is that it's uh, After Effects animation or something? Yeah, that's that's more. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a different project. Yeah, it's, it's made in After Effects and it's like mm. this crazy uh, a mix of um, live action and isn't it? Like, yeah, it's, uh, like the eyes are are, are filmed uh. and then the the face is like. Uh, uh, it's a picture, I guess. Hmm. I have a friend who's working in there. I can't remember the name of the studio, but it looks yeah. really cool. That yeah, style. it looks fun. And it's political. Mm. It's definitely not for... It's with Bin Laden, I think. That, at least I saw a test. It's with Bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he's been. Everyone knows he's in Sweden. It's probably half Swedish or something. So what about, uh, what about shorts in our room? Will there... Be like a, uh, could there be uh, something like a South Park or Simpsons in Norway? Oh, that would be great. That could go on and on. Because yeah. yeah. that, that would mean like we could have a job for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just hope it's cooked as well because it's good for the industry. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. if, if that makes money, then people will say, oh, we can. But what we can would that take? What would that take to make a series like that? Because I was thinking about the, 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 the old. Um, uh, the Valley of Menske, I don't know what that's called. It's like a French, yeah, French, a French series. Uh, from the uh, late 70s. It was Blood. the guy that made Color Gold. Bloke with the white beard. Yeah. Yeah, he traveled around. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they made that uh, late late 70s. I think it was like 77, something like that. And he made another series every three or four years. It's like 26 episodes per series. And... Um, uh, that that was all made from money from like ten different. It's like it's like a union in 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 Europe. They have a connection <coughs> between all Sorry. these television studios and could would that be a way to do a, a short film series? Uh, I think you but it, uh, to me it seems it like this, there's so much. You know, you have to apply for this, you have to apply for that, and then there's. There's certain limitations. I mean, the 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 one fund says that you, if you do it this way, then you get money. Yeah. And then you apply to another fund, and they have restrictions. It it seems like a a really tedious way to go about making a show. But again, it seems. I mean, because there's no money in making TV shows, as far as I've understood. Because at least in Norway, I know that MK and TV two they pay like per minute, and they pay the same amount if it's a. <laughs> yeah. It's live action and animation, yeah, which is amazing. ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, if, if they say they pay four or five thousand kroners a minute, and you're doing like an animated TV show that lasts for I don't know seven minutes or whatever, there's no way you can do that for for four thousand kroners a minute. That that would pay one guy to work for one day. I mean, and uh, it just doesn't make sense. And yeah. and when when they pay for it with that amount of money, I mean, you have to go about other ways of 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 making it and then either you have to get investors or you have to go apply f- for funding but mm. it's kind of supply and demand though isn't it i mean if people want it then there will be granted more money for it 
It's not as far as I understand about, about buying TV, like animated shows. I mean, you can go, I think you can go into co-production with like an arcade TV too. Yeah. Because they like your idea so much that they yeah. want to make it, then they'll, they'll put in some money. But just from a selling point of view, that's kind of the, the, the amount of money that you can expect to, to get from a selling your TV show. And it's just, I know a lot of TV shows, they, they sell them to TV channels, but they don't really make any money. They, they, that's kind of more like a, a way to expose your show so they can sell the, the toy dolls and the fish and chips thingies or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, the main thing I think you've got to look to merchandising. That's the only way you really, I mean, look at Elias, you got crisps and you got fish fingers. Yeah. Fish fingers. Yeah. But I think, I think that's, it's yeah. just so sad that you have to, oh, we have to make, if you're going to make a show, then we have to be able to sell toys. Yeah, but okay. that's, and that's and nice that's part of it again. So how, yeah, how would you transfer that to some something for uh, an adult audience? Exactly, that's the thing. Right. Well, crisps, 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 condoms, condoms. Yeah, sexually related. Exactly. False cooked moustaches. To me, it's kind of like if you're making a car, and then you're. Uh, but then you have to uh, always consider that you're going to be selling air fresheners and. Um, like these fancy cup holders, so you kind of have to alter the design of your car to fit in the fancy, nice smelling air freshener and the, yeah, and these fancy cup holders. And it's 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 you're making the car for the the wrong reasons. It's like you, you make a an animated show because you want to tell a good story, not you want don't want to sell uh, uh, t-shirts or uh, or fluffy bunny toys or whatever. No, but that's another discussion, isn't it? Because what you have to consider is how do we make up for the money we spent, you know? Merchandising is one way of, of producing a show. And if you make your show to sell uh, it's gonna fluffy bunnies and not uh, to tell a good story, then you're compromising for the oh, reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times merchandising is the only way um, you're going to get money to it. And then you have yeah. to, to alter or change your show because you're going to sell toys and not yeah. tell a good story. So how does, how does Simpsons and uh, South Park make money? Family Guy. Even those guys, those shows were closed like three times, like The Family Guy and Futurama, and yeah. you know, they they were shut down because they they were snowing or whatever. Was their merchandising such a success because the show had been a success, or were they designing specifically with merchandising in mind? Because I don't think they had any idea of uh, designing this. Uh, Bald yellow guy is going to sell lots of uh, toys everywhere. I think the <laughs> but, uh, Simpsons. I, I don't know the, the story behind it, but I don't think Simpsons is. Uh, I think that's one of the exceptions to the rule because I think that's yeah. one of the shows that actually grew in popularity. Because I think initially it was just like this tiny, uh, like one minute piece or something. That went yeah, they were showing the show. There was Tracy Ullman. And then uh, it just got more and more popular, or popular yeah. enough that they started producing it by then. Uh, so that's actually one of the shows. I guess that's. Being produced because it's a good show and not selling yellow ball guys. Like, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, did they think when they were making South Park? Is uh, you know, this we want to do it photo realistically, but that's not going to sell a little squishy uh, bloke. Yeah, Cartman, whatever. And South Park, so, I, I I guess they could afford to do it more, uh, more to do more fancy animation. But the whole thing about South Park is that it's a really, um, it's about. Like last week's news. Mm. It's a parody of last yeah. week's news. It's made in like six days. I think the visual style is combined with the the voice acting is is what makes the show appealing. I don't think it would have worked as well as a more reali- with more realistic yeah. characters. And uh, it wouldn't work if it was like Simpsons style. 
I think it would have worked as well. But if South Park was made today, like the first episode aired yesterday, would it still be the same cult classic hit that it is now? Yeah. You think? Definitely. <laughs> I think uh, I think South Park is as funny today as it was at that time. I guess it was more it yeah, was more over the edge at that time. It was like yeah. everyone was talking about it. It was yeah. so. If there hadn't been a South Park before this South Park yeah. was made, then I think it would always be a success because yeah. it's. Uh, I don't think so there's been a show after yeah. South Park which is uh, within the same kind of genre. I think if it agree with McLaren, if it came out today, I think it would have. Been a success. Yeah, but what we didn't realize when it first came out was that it was something completely new because it is totally something new. Yeah. No one has ever done anything yeah. close to that. Yeah. Well, it is just cut. I mean, not just that. It is cut animation. No, no, but it, but it's uh, it's uh, it's about the news. You know, it's it's really uh, yeah. up to speed. But in terms of the the star animation, I don't know if it was Matt Stone or Troy Parker, but it was taken from their graduation. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 point is that it wouldn't be a problem to do a low budget show because if it's funny, if if you have a good script, it's gonna sell, you know. And they've done that a couple of times. This like the, the Norwegian shows that's going on telly now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Huber, is it? Or, yeah, that yeah. one and uh, and the the San. That's, that's going off the air because no one's watching it. Is the, it the yeah. I thought yeah, it was hilarious. The, 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 that's what I've heard. I don't know. Is that the show where they all have they their like they don't have pants, they don't yeah, have they don't pants have so it's pants. like their penis yeah. dangling and yeah, it's really funny. But that, that's why they're comedy half hour oh, feels okay. like that, and of course cool. they always try out the new new I comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, that's a real pity because I think uh, Norwegian, well, most places, but within Norway, I think the next you're talking about what what will be the next thing after this, this supposedly in this animation boom now. Yeah, what would be the next thing? It would be nice to see uh, an adult-themed animated TV series, yeah. something which is very, you know, which can be a commentary like South Park. Yeah, but and a bit more high class, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe. How adult do you see them being? How really adult? Really? Adult. <laughs> I guess actually that's one of the, the benefits of having funding, like state funding, because you can actually get to produce shows like that. Yeah. Because you can, you wouldn't be able to make fluffy toys to. Uh, no. Mm. Unless there was for a girl, yeah. I guess. Like you mentioned, uh, uh, Family Guy, Flame. that that went off the air, then yeah. because they thought, no, this isn't a worthwhile show. But then they started selling all the DVDs and yeah. the merchandise. And people started sending in letters and demanding yeah. it to. You need here. to air Family Guy again, yeah. and so now Family Guy is. But it was also very controversial. Yeah. Because they're all, all over the, the map with the, their uh, timeline. <laughs> but this is like the strength of the viewers now and the strength of the audience now. I yeah. guess it's never existed as strong as it does today. So you can. Because uh, we've, no, we've, we've got the internet. Podcasts and us. As a follow up to, to what we, just, we were just talking about, uh, what are the strong sides of uh, Norwegian animation? What can we do, do that and that hasn't been done or isn't being done I th- other places? I think the strength of working... I've only worked on this project, so I don't know what theirs have been like, but to me it seems like uh, doing animation in a way, you, you, you're never going to be a big studio. So it's always going to be... Uh, a lot of it, people are going to be multitasked. and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Or at least on the animation side, 
because you probably don't have as much time as you'd like. You do get up to, you, sorry, bad English. Um, you end up actually getting to animate quite a big chunk of the film. Yeah. Because mm. I have a friend who's working abroad and he, and they're doing like, uh, what is it, five seconds a week or something. Yeah. And during one production, I might actually get to animate between six and seven minutes of a film and he might have animated like 40 seconds. And the good thing about that is you get to animate a lot of stuff, a lot of different stuff, and you're bound to get shots that you you really you want to do well because they, um, there's something about them that you like. But if you're working on a much bigger studio, you might end up working on a year, year and a half on just crappy shots, or <laughs> not crappy shots, but things you don't necessarily want to do. Yeah, and you learn really fast when you're doing shot after shot mm. after shot. And you, you can really do some... You, you have to do some decent posing in a limited amount of time. I think that the focusing is different. If you work on a, on a bigger project and you'll have more time to polish, you'll have, you'll end up with a lot more higher level animation than what you do at a, at a smaller studio. It's more for you, really. But it's, it's a trade-off. Yeah. yeah. But I can, I see that. It's very clear having worked in England and now coming over to work in Norway. And uh, I, was, I was very surprised how, the, how it was working here. Because in England there's a very long-lasting and big hierarchy of people. Mm -hmm. So if you're fresh out of school, I don't think you'd get the same opportunities in England or a bigger country in a bigger industry that you do get here. And also that you're, you are multitasking, you're doing lots of different jobs yeah. here. I was, uh, I was, uh, I came in as a modeler for Kurt and I came in as a modeler for Free Jimmy. And I mean, I, okay, on Kurt I modeled three characters, four. But I never you did some rigging and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. some. But I mean, I, I never seem to do what I get hired to do. I always seem to <laughs> <laughs> to end up doing. Something. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> it either means that I'm not very good at modeling, or uh, it's just the way things are. You know, you you're needed for one thing, so you do that one thing. You, you learn it. But I think that's a great thing here because it allows people's oh, talents, yeah, it's, whatever, it's and abilities to. It's definitely a good thing yeah. because you you evolve. Yeah, and you yeah you. And evolve, the yeah. the learning curve is uh, exponential. Yeah. I mean, I think there's two sides to that thing because I, I've been thinking that I should try and stick to animation and only do animation because that would bring me up to a level that is like the expert uh, in that field, unachieved in our way. Yeah. It, <laughs> but but at the same time, um, it's like. When I'm working now, I'm thinking I it would be so nice to just work on something else for a month or you know yeah. just to because it it feels like animation is is such a labor. It's like an intensive thing that you're doing and you're like you're sitting at the same place and you're like never getting up unless you're getting a cup of coffee or taking a piss. So I think it would be nice to do some some other work, you know. So uh, I've heard from animators that work at Pixar and definitely, you know that that's yeah. that gets so tired after working yeah. uh, there for just a few years because yeah. it's such a hard. But I know a lot of those guys do. when they're done on the show, they take a month off or they have like two mm. months of vacation mm. and then they come back and start fresh on a new project. Yeah, and that's I guess that's one of the luxuries of, of working at a bigger studio that. You can you can do stuff like that while mm. working freelance. You kind of you just have to hop on when there is a, a new show to do. But do you think this is going to be something that's going to be reviewed now that the industry is becoming bigger and more? That they're going to 
implementing this more, more of a structure into the uh, industry and so more of a hierarchy. Have, I hope they want to keep the... I think some of the problem has been... What I've heard is once you're done on a show, that team kind of disappears and hops yeah. onto another studio doing another That's show. And you never really get to build uh, a higher level of competence within that company. I mean, because yeah. your teams... And I know that's a problem throughout Europe as well, that mm. uh, when people finish working on a, on a feature film, maybe in France, then they move to Spain to work on another feature, and, and that the team constantly changes, and, and you have the people that you've... I mean, I guess it's frustrating for the, for the studios, because the people that they've spent time training disappear and go work at another studio, and, yeah. and you're, when you actually have a team that's working well together, then that team is split up, and probably won't work together yet, so it's a thick as that. And it's also it's an economic side to that yeah. for the animators, just uh, the the fear of not not having yeah. any work in like a month. I think that's a problem because the business isn't big enough, and that's how it's going to be for yeah. a long time. Because yeah. it's, it, uh, I think, having a business being big enough to contain that many people, it's yeah. it's much higher than what's feasible in, I think, in Scandinavia, probably in Europe. But would it be possible to to make a studio based on the whole idea of having a, like, building a really good studio instead of making one movie and applying for money and doing, doing that, that thing? Just getting some money in from some kind of oh, source, you know, starting a studio yeah. on the base of, of always uh, evolving and making new projects. Yeah, I think that would be a very wise and needed thing now that there is a studio which has a, this pipeline of people. You know, you got the your people who can yeah. continually produce high quality products yeah. that are there for you. Because there, there is going to be a demand for animation. There are ideas and there are projects yeah. coming in. So why shouldn't there? There needs to be a place to do. But I do think this. within feature films, I don't see it happening in the nearest future. Just because it costs so much money to make, it takes so much time to get funding for a project and uh, and what are the people going to be doing in the meantime? I mean people need to pay their you know, mortgages yeah, I, and stuff. Like from um, Free Jimmy which ended in April 2006 until uh, Peter and the Wolf that started in, well for me in September. I mean I worked for Manpower, I worked at uh, uh, Cannery and stuff like that just to pay my rent which was crap. <laughs> and it's it's worse for 2D animators. So. <laughs> yeah. Maya, I think is the, yeah, I think the way I think the way to go is is you, if you get like a show committed or a commission what's the word for it, and you're able to produce um, maybe a season or two, and and, and by keeping it as a small group, then uh, expanding, maybe you can get like another show going or Absolutely. have like a commercial bit. But I don't think like. Running a huge, it's possible to run like a huge studio. I don't know because I've never done it, and I don't know the the insides work inside workings of the business well enough. But uh, that's that's my assumptions. I mean, I I don't think yeah. Uh, it's because it's like with Pixar and Disney, they they're huge studios who make insane amounts of money, and, and if I'm not mistaken, they're privately funded. I mean. They no, but the, they they were all based on uh, on the commercial. Yeah, when like, they started, they all they started making commercials, and like Pixar, they had Steve Jobs just pushing in everything he, he made on the uh, Apple. Disney, they had the Disneyland and all the merchandising that put money into making their features. 
Because I know at least that's how they got a lot Disney of... Disney started doing commercials too, you know? They did a lot of commercials before they did anything, hmm. anything else in the 20s. So, yeah. so are you saying merchandising is a good good thing now? You know, if you're gonna make money yeah. doing feature films, I think it is. Yeah, okay. Do you see a bit of a mirror image happening here now in Norway? Uh, looking back at this American model back in the 1920s or whatever. The, t- the market is totally different, yeah. isn't it? But it's always changing. But it was changing. I, I, I think that in like 10 years, we will have a big studio with 300 employees. 300? Making, making a 30, great film. 30 maybe. <laughs> 30. No, but like here, we're, we're what, 40 already? Not all of us are making a film, but... Yeah, but it's very project-based. To me, it seems like the best way to develop uh, a good group of people working within the business. I think it's a shame when studios... Uh, I, I understand why they do it, I just think it's, 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 it's not making the industry, uh, benefiting the industry anyway, mm. it's just benefiting the, the money people. And it's very short-term thinking as well, I feel. I mean, if, if, if you say you, you make a feature film, whatever, and then you, you have to sack, I don't know, 90% of the people working on the project, and then uh, six months down the road you get uh, money to yeah. make another project, yeah. and then where are you going to get the people? But I guess the problem is that if you want to start a big studio like that, there has to be like a, uh, someone that is creative and is like inside the business and, and wants to make great animation that uh, starts a project like that, that starts a company like that, or a gr- group of people. But that's not the same kind of people that would start a project and make money on it. People that start a, a business and make money on it, they are like uh, financial guys with suits. And, you know? yeah. uh, it's really a hard thing to, com- to combine. It's hard to find a, a guy that would be able to do something like that. I guess Ivo Caprino was like, it's like Norwegian. Mm animation hero somewhat. Uh, he, he did that thing, he, he made commercials and he did projects and movies. But he was the only movies. one at the time doing it as well. I mean, the market was... He's the only Norwegian uh, animator of the, of the uh, 60s, 20th 70s. century, yeah? Except for the last 10 years, maybe. So the chance of something like that happening is, is not great. I think the market <laughs> is completely different now and you've got bigger studios doing stuff, so it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a whole different type of... Uh, but recently, we were at uh, Carl Border masterclass. Yeah, masterclass in uh, in Oslo. Yeah, uh, Pixar animator who's uh, animation director. Well, first on effects movies like Jumanji, and then he went over to Pixar and it was animation director for uh, Toy Story Two. Yeah, I think. And there, there was a, some interesting points he made when he came over. Obviously, when he talk, listening to a Pixar animator talk about his experience and what he knows is is great. Yes. But uh, he he had left Pixar because he found it such a big studio with yeah. such a strong hierarchy. And uh, as fantastic as Pixar are, and as great as they, these movies they make, I mean, there's no there's a direct link between the amount of money that they're getting pumped in, the amount of time that animators are allowed to spend working and working on a shot. And uh, you know, a project can be in development for a very long time before they actually have yeah. to. These are kind of restraints that we have to experience all the time in, uh, in Norway and smaller places. So he was, he was. I mean, he talked very well of the place, but he was kind of suggesting that, you know. I think it's, it's, I, it's a lot to do with personality. I mean, some people, I guess, 
would love to do just dialogue sequences and sit there and polish their fingers and hands and and, and spend their time becoming masters of that kind of craft so other people want to go tell stories or they want to do a variety of stuff and I guess working in a bigger studio like that you're mm. going to get uh, throwing shots at that seem to go with your strengths like if you're really good yeah. at physical acting you're going to get just physical acting and you probably won't have the chance to brush up on your other acting skills so I, I, I yeah. guess it's it's a different place yeah. for different people I mean it depends so don't get depressed if you're not as good as Pixar <laughs> there's a reason why I've, I've actually applied to Pixar three times now yeah. Do you get like a? That's one thing I wonder about. Do you get like a, a like a letter back that says sorry, blah blah blah. No, uh, signed by the Queen of England. England. You suck. The <laughs> Queen of England, don't apply again. <laughs> no, uh, they say on the website that um, at least a couple of years back when I first applied, they said uh, we get about two thousand applications a week. Um, okay. So. <laughs> Basically, you have to know someone. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm guessing. But Once I'm, again. <laughs> I'm thinking, this is just my speculation, that they have uh, like a database with all the applications and they have these special words that they type in and then they browse through the applications and see if anyone fits. I yeah. just wish studios would... I mean, even if you send the showreel, no matter how bad it is, I think you, sh you, you deserve to get like a letter back saying, okay, we received Absolutely. your application. Yeah. If we have a project, whatever, we'll contact you. Yeah, but that's at least give you some kind of response. So you know they've gotten your show, really. They, you know that uh, it's at least that they have it. But they actually say that on their website. They say, thank you for uh, applying, but don't expect. Uh, hmm. It's better than I think. I got a feeling about the Pixar that they have a there's a definite system route that you have to follow. Either if it, you have to study at this particular school, and they kind of I don't know if they pick people all the all the time off the street. I, I think I know the latest thing I heard is that you needed between five and seven years of experience just to kind of even have a look at your portfolio. No, but I they, don't think they, that's true. No, they do have uh, special... They have internships and stuff like yeah, that as well. But they do that stuff. But on a general basis? And they also said on our webpage that uh, it doesn't matter what program you know or what you use mm. because they have all their tools made in-house. Yeah, so I'm going to use my Anyway, you're only going to be animating the index finger of the left hand for <laughs> three years anyway, so <laughs> yeah. it's not much Behind of a drug. Box, which gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would it be possible to do, to do a, a series in Norway? That is like like we're doing now. We're doing essentially we're doing new media. Oh, the podcasting. We're uh, we're uh, thinking outside the the main corporations and the studios. We're making something independent that can be listened to all over the world through the internet. And we're taking some shares from the public that is going away from the TV and and because mm -hmm. of the the writer strike now in the states. Stuff like that. There's there are so many people now that can't see their favorite show because it's not on TV. So yeah. they turn to iTunes and whatever, watch a podcast, stuff like that. And it's I think it's going to happen more and more, and it's going to be over the TiVo, and you're going to have it on your your uh, television. You get your internet on your TV, so then you can watch your download your favorite shows yeah. around. Yeah, exactly. Watch your YouTube clips and allow your TV. So. This is happening so fast. Just like now, I can 
take up my iPhone and watch YouTube clips, you know. But it, it, it's uh, it's really uh, this situation we are in, we are in now is really special, and that's something that the smart people are going to take advantage of, and there's going to be so much new media now. But well, I think that's another thing too. I mean, you see a lot of animation being designed for the web, for your cell phones, uh, uh, internet shows. And, I mean, it's it's the barrier for having things shown is yeah. a lot lower. But again, uh, the, I think the demand for quality is yeah. still going to be the same, no matter if it's just yeah. TV or. But uh, that reduces our dependency on big animation studios. Exactly. Well. Yeah. And like uh, three months ago, four months ago, the first. Feature film went on YouTube as like the first, oh, yeah. the first feature that has only been released on YouTube, YouTube, which was uh... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. What? Didn't even matter. Stuff, it? No, it doesn't matter. It, it was just some movie, and yeah, it wasn't like a majorly budgeted thing, but it, it was like a, a. How did you find finance for that? I don't think. I mean, the thing they were the first to do it. So of course, you would get finance for that. It's yeah, not... but okay, the third ones to do it. They, how are you going to collect the money that you use? Commercial, you have to have breaks and you know, stuff like that. Oh, you got the little web banners and the pop-up windows. Yeah. And you have players now that run the movie in one window and the <laughs> commercials in the second window at the same time, stuff like that. It's yeah. not a commercial break. It's just continuous. Yeah. But I guess if, if we were sponsored by some company, we would just like, we would implement it somehow, talk about, I don't know. Into the show, like there's plenty of ways to do that stuff. Yeah, different business know. models. Yeah. But I still think for doing it, if you're going to do like a feature, and in the future it costs so much money to do that, you can either do it, mm. I guess, with, with commercial breaks, but I don't know if I want to go see a movie with... Are we watching a movie uh, on, on a TV? I mean, with commercial breaks every 15 the, minutes. The quality, that's another thing, you know. Mm. So the YouTube is now quite, it's not that's that crap. good. So, <laughs> but uh, now that uh, H.264 is being implemented into Flash, the codec, the, you, it's the, the, the quality is going to be bumped up quite a bit. On YouTube? Yeah, it's like uh, the yeah, same format as they used in QuickTime. Oh, okay. You know? All the, the, the good hmm. quality video on the net is like, that's H.264. Hmm. And that's implemented into Flash now. So now YouTube is going to be like twice the resolution and, hmm. and four times the cool. quality. But if you, made, if you made an animated show for YouTube, would you, would you get any money? I mean, you, you, could, you might get people to watch it, but you still wouldn't make any money of it. Merchandising. But then you need a venue yeah, to sell stuff. What, what about? I mean, it's still what, to be what about if you, if you if you if you view it if you view it in your browser, you're gonna have like a commercial on the side or something like that. You know, if you go full screen, it's gonna be sneakers part on the side just popping up once in a while, stuff like that. Is that possible to do? It's possible, but it wouldn't be preferable. No, you got the, you got the stupid logo in the side side anyways. I hate if I I don't know if if I had a show that I wanted to make, I wouldn't care if. If they were showing uh, commercials on the other screen or whatever, as long as people got to see it. Yeah, on the other screen, but on top of your work, I wouldn't care. No, but uh, 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 the, the big thing is uh, when you're. What's really irritating is when you're getting interrupted by something. If you have like a commercial break when you're watching a movie, yeah, it's just fucking up your whole movie. You know, if you're watching a long movie and, and it or, takes half an hour longer. Or like uh, when they show movies on TV now, they show uh, what's coming up next. 
when the movie still isn't finished, mm. they have this yeah, bar yeah. that pops up with the sound and yeah. flashing yeah. lights. That's so annoying. But I, I wouldn't be bothered by just a subtle thing on, on the corner. I mean, it's it's more venues to get money to make your show, but I don't think the criteria's change all that much. It still needs to be a good show. Oh, yeah. Sure. So in that respect, I don't think it's that there's much. still not quality web things being made. Yeah, but I've seen an animated show on the web that I uh, this feature like from uh, I've never heard of this. No, but, uh, I really enjoyed. What about what about doing? I think it's a good way to to promote your show. Like if you make a pilot, yeah. and you can put it up on yeah, the web, definitely, and, uh, yeah. and and kind of advertise it as okay, this is a show we want to make. Give us money to make it. I think like the internet is an excellent platform for doing that yeah. kind of stuff. But I don't think it changes uh, that much that the getting money to make your show. I think it's just easier to put your show out there, but then again, there's more people fighting for the same attention. So it's, maybe it raises the level of quality that it needs to be. Yeah, but how many more people would you hit if you made a show that went on like YouTube and Google video than if you only showed on uh, Norwegian television? Yeah? You're probably bound to get more people watching on the internet anyway, just because there's yeah. so few people living Because the, the audience is so massive, it's, it's, there's so many people just uh, searching for stuff all the time, you know. And that's what advertisers care about. Yeah, but you still need to make a good show that people want to watch and recommend to their friends. Yeah, and that's another thing. Mm. It could be done, I think. Yeah, I definitely think it's a venue for, for screening mm. stuff. Okay, let's do that. Like in the middle of this, there'll be a Snickers commercial. <laughs> um, I thought about doing some recommendations. Like we could take like a some some uh, like a good animation blog or a, a film yeah. you just saw, yeah. just some recommendations cool. and stuff like that. New shorts. Do you guys have? There's this really cool Kit Kat commercial made by a French studio out on 3D Total and CG Channel. It's 3D. It's it's uh, it's really well done. Uh, there's a lot of people have been saying that they've taken a lot of bits from The Incredibles, like the lighting of the office scene and the, yeah. the kind of bar, the designs for the the boss yeah. and all. But uh, still, I think it's uh, one of the better pieces that um, well, animation commercials that I've seen in, in a long time. You know who made it? Uh, no, but it just you just uh, search for Kit Kat in France probably, and then it'll pop up in your. Google or whatever, but just go to the 3D Total CG channel. Okay. What was the what's the URL? Pardon? URL for that. CGchannel.com CG or 3dtotal.com. One word, yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, I'd have to recommend uh, FilmJunk, filmjunk.com. Uh, all movies that are being made and they kind of have rumors and everything there. They filmjunk.com, excellent site. They also have their own podcast. Uh, uh, I'd also like to recommend Stage Six. You can go to some music videos and stuff. Yeah, what's that all about? Stage Six is like uh, YouTube, but with excellent quality and widescreen formatting. They have about 69 videos. It's the DivX thing. Yeah. It's based on the DivX code. It's DivX's own YouTube. And uh, it's like YouTube where you can upload your own stuff. 
and you can find loads of stuff there, like Peter and the Wolf. What oh. I like about stage six is that it, it doesn't have the time limit that YouTube has. You, yeah. YouTube is like 10 minutes. Most of the shows on uh, stage six is like half an hour, and an you hour. Can, you can, uh, when you do a search, you can uh, sort them by time, uh, yeah. the length of the yeah. shot. So, I mean, I've seen movies there. Like independent movies yeah. and stuff like that, and everything is meta tagged. So you, yeah. you, if you if you search for one thing, it's everything else that is in kind of in the same category is going to be meta tagged. So you can just but click I, links on the side that will uh, kind of lead you onto other things. Just are, just the yeah. other day, I uh, saw through all the Pixar shorts that yeah. have been made at uh, stage six. And what quality is this? In? This is great quality. This is uh, HD or. But no, yeah, no, no. You, you can get HD quality there. Really? Yeah, and uh, the streams are quite big. It's like one fifty-minute show is like six, seven hundred megs. Oh, well, that depends because they're different. yeah, it's different quality, but it's all DivX, so it's uh, it's all good. It's usually quite good quality. Mm. I just got like a better test test testing account for Hulu, the NBC. Oh yeah. Um, so you can watch all of the NBC shows on the internet. It's streamed to your computer. You have to live in the US because it checks your IP. Yeah, exactly. But there's this hotspot thing you can run. Or yeah, okay. it's so like something that gets, fools. Gets just, it will uh, fake your IP. Yeah. So yeah. I get you can watch like David Letterman, Conan O'Brien, yeah. Dirty Rock, or Family Guy. Uh, all the seasons are there. And it's, yeah. It's really good. I mean, the quality is better than YouTube, but it's not super. But it's yeah. like, you know, it's good enough that you bother to watch the show. There's also a blog I, I go to called Upcoming Pixar, which is sort of an unofficial Pixar blog where they post uh, stuff Ru stuff that's coming, rumors, and uh, just basically Pixar stuff, hmm. which is great. I, I'm not sure about the URL, but it's just do a Google search for Upcoming Pixar. Do they update often? Or yeah, like every day. I, have a, I use iGoogle, which is a RSS yeah. Google thing. Uh, and I have them there, and they they post stuff every day. Is that like inside stuff that? Uh, inside stuff and uh, well, yeah, I think it's only inside stuff. I haven't seen anything that's. Uh... But it's not as inside as like illegal inside. It's not gonna be a picture from the new movie that no one heard of. No, maybe not. Because <laughs> I know Pixar have their own blog as well, where they post news and stuff. Yeah. www.pixar.com/slash/secretstuff. Yeah, <laughs> top secret. I'm going to try it. Yeah. Yeah. You have one, Mikolaj? There's a good uh, illustration cartooning blog called uh, drawn.ca. We're going to put all these links on, uh, yeah. on the show yeah, notes. So. But this is uh, yeah, a really good website. They uh, show all kinds of illustration without prejudice. And it's amazing stuff, which you can find on Drawn. That's yeah, it. that's what you find. Okay, I think that's maybe a... Nice way to just end this thing. It's been going on for a while, and this has been kind of cool. It was yeah, good first right. show. We might yeah, actually post this online. Uh, thank you, guys. So that was the end of the roundtable. I hope you enjoyed it. And as I said earlier, the links that we mentioned during the show is to be found in the show notes at uh, www.animationconversation.com. And please send us an email with feedback as they will be greatly appreciated. And you can do that at feedback at animationconversation.com. 
So that's it for now. I'm signing out and until next time, have fun and animate. <laughs>